it was like climbing into a well and re-immersing myself in a water I had not been in for some time. My favorite place to listen to audiobooks is while taking a long walk on a cold day. I didn't grow up going to church, and so a lot of these words I'm familiar with visually, I've never actually heard anyone say aloud. Welcome to This is the Author, where authors talk about narrating their audiobooks. In this episode, meet writer Amy Bloom, journalist Daniel Jenis, and Black Liturgy's creator Cole Arthur Riley. Step into the recording booth and hear Amy Bloom discuss what inspired her to share her husband's story. Daniel Jenis on using literature to find meaning in 10 years spent incarcerated. And Cole Arthur Riley on the power of storytelling as a family tradition. Enjoy. Hi. This is Amy Bloom, author of In Love, A Memoir of Loss and Love. I wrote this book because my husband Brian asked me to. Brian was diagnosed with Alzheimer's and then began to plan his own peaceful, painless death rather than experience 10 years of Alzheimer's, and I was supportive of that, even as I was crying my eyes out. And I wrote the book because he asked me to, because he felt that it was a subject so rarely discussed and so rarely resolved in people's lives. If I had to describe what it was like to record my audiobook in one word, which is very hard for me, that word would be deep. It was like climbing into a well and re-immersing myself in a water I had not been in for some time and then being able to climb out of the well and appreciate the well and appreciate the water and also not still sit in it. I realized I had trouble pronouncing a few words, a couple of streets in Switzerland and always Zimborska's first name, which I tend to avoid whenever possible, which is tough because I'm a big fan of her poetry. I suppose I am proud that I was able to get through the audio recording for this book, since although I find doing an audiobook for a novel to be challenging and demanding and really calls on my theater background, this really called on other parts of me, and I'm glad that I was able to get through it, and I'm glad that listeners will get to hear Brian's story as told by me. If I wasn't going to record my audiobook, I would probably have cast Frances McDormand because I love her speaking voice so much. But it's also the case that she wouldn't have been the right narrator. It's possible that the better narrator would have been Linda Lavin, who years ago had recorded a short story of mine beautifully. And now, please listen to a clip from my audiobook. We are smiling from the moment we board. I arrange our business class pods. We are gushingly polite to the attendants. It's obvious that we like each other and are happy to be traveling together. As soon as we get our beverages in glasses, we toast my sister and brother-in-law who are paying for our business class trip to Zurich. Dignitas's office is in Zurich, and that's where we're headed. Dignitas is a Swiss nonprofit organization offering accompanied suicide. For the last 22 years, Dignitas has been the only place to go if you are an American citizen who wants to die. 
and if you are not certifiably terminally ill with no more than six months to live. This is the current standard in the United States, even in the nine right-to-die states plus the District of Columbia, about which many older or chronically ill Americans harbor end-of-life fantasies, and which I researched at Brian's direction, until we discovered that the only place in the world for painless, peaceful, and legal suicide is Dignitas, in the suburbs of Zurich. Hi, this is Daniel Jenis, author of Sentence. I wrote my book because I had no other choice. After losing 10 years of my life and most of my future, I needed to make sense of it somehow. I needed to find meaning in the 10 years that went by and in the difference in who I was from 25 to 35. As a result, I wrote Sentence. If I had to describe what it was like to record my audiobook in one word, that word would be honest. I really had to relive everything that originally led me to write this book in recording it, because by reading it out loud, I had to relive the emotions, experiences, memories, and ups, downs, and atrocities, and laughs, and everything else that went into the writing of this memoir. I realized I had trouble pronouncing quite a few more words than I ever imagined. After all, I did learn English as a second language, and I always think of myself as a basically a native speaker, beyond fluent, but through the director Scott's help, as well as the editors, I was shown that there were words I didn't know how to pronounce. I used them correctly, and I spelled them right, but I didn't say them properly. Also, some of my THs turned into Fs. I'm proud that I was able to bring it all to life while reading through the text. Because a lot of what gets put down on paper is further edited and cleaned up and made uh, perfected into a final text during which the authenticity of the raw emotion behind it gets lost. And I think that in my personal reading of what I wrote, I was able to return that sense of immediacy and that feeling of authenticity back to sentence the way it felt when I was writing it. If I wasn't going to record my audiobook, I would have to revive the dead and cast Patrick McGowan. Patrick McGowan was the British actor who starred as the prisoner in the 1969 series that blew so many minds. He had a manner of speaking that was very masculine, forceful, and yet sensitive and intelligent at the same time, which I always envied. I wish I could sound like Patrick McGowan, someone who was quite clearly a man of action, but also a man of thought. The last audiobook that I listened to that I loved was Sherlock Holmes read in the 70s by a BBC actor. 
I listened to it on YouTube, so it was free, and the recordings obviously came off cassette tapes. That means the quality wasn't that great. But they did it in the BBC Received Pronunciation Guidelines, so Sherlock Holmes and Dr. Watson just sounded like the perfect gentleman in it. In a way, I always wish I sounded, rather than a guy from Brooklyn. My favorite place to listen to audiobooks is while taking a long walk on a cold day, because the earphones allow me to completely immerse myself in a world that's basically abstract. I can't see it after all. But I walk through Brooklyn and I navigate the garbage on the streets. But at the same time, my head might be in the solar system or in London's opium dens or in the Russian steppes on the Trans-Siberian Express. It's just an amazing feature of audiobooks that they allow you to take literature on the go and moving, going somewhere while also enjoying literature is a way of making your time more meaningful and valuable. And now listen to a clip from my audiobook. I had no way of coming up with $100 a day, and the withdrawal got very bad very quickly. Sick as a dog and desperately wandering downtown, I worked up the courage to show someone the same pocket knife I had once camped with and announced that this was a robbery. When my victim turned over the money, I apologized profusely I've repeated this pattern with varying degrees of success. When told no, I fled. Once I had a pizza thrown at me. It was stressful and humiliating, no different from the awful things I had read about junkies doing in the many memoirs of addiction I swallowed up at the time. After a week of this and less than a thousand dollars stolen, I had an epiphany. The risks I took for small rewards and the large compromises made with my own morality were ludicrous. I threw my folding knife away and never held anyone up again. Hi, this is Cole Arthur Riley, author of This Here Flesh. I was inspired by a tradition of storytelling. I told my editors that if I could encapsulate the contemplation, the spiritual contemplation of someone like Thomas Merton and marry that with the robust storytelling of someone like Toni Morrison, you know, if I could do a fraction of that, I would be happy. If I had to describe what it was like to record my audiobook in one word, that word would be grief. My grandma, who actually is the prominent character, the prominent story in the book, actually passed away a few months ago. And this is the first time I'm encountering the book in her words since she passed. And so it was difficult, but reading it was a really special form of grieving for me, I think. 
I realized I had trouble pronouncing anything that came from the Bible, any name in the Bible or place in the Bible. I didn't grow up going to church or in Bible studies or things like that. And so I'm realizing that a lot of these words I'm familiar with visually, I've never actually heard anyone say aloud. I'm excited that listeners will hear some of the myths in the book in my own voice. I'm excited for them to experience that in a oral storytelling fashion like I think myths initially were. If I wasn't going to record my audiobook, I would cast Jasmine Manns. She's a poet. She's the author of a collection called Black Girl Call Home, and she has such a a rich and velvety, smooth voice. And, And not only that, she really understands the the power of a pause, and has a really beautiful rhythm to the pace of her reading. And now, listen to a clip from my audiobook. I have a favorite sound. To be precise, it's not a singular sound, but a multitude. Have you ever stood in the presence of a tree and listened to the wind pass through its leaves? The roots and body stand defiant and unmoved, but listen— The branches stretch out their tongues and whisper, shh. Trees make symphonies without their trunks ever moving, almost as if the stillness of their centers amplifies their sound. The tree may appear still, but if you look closer, you'll see that each leaf flails with breath. The tree may seem alone, but plow deep and you'll unearth its secret gnarled roots, the grotesque and the beautiful, creeping in the soil, reaching toward the ancestors. This is the Author is a production of Penguin Random House Audio. Thank you for listening. For more behind-the-mic content and audiobook recommendations, visit www.penguinrandomhouseaudio.com slash nextlisten.